Okay, Britt, episode four. Episode four. Valley of the 20-something guys. One of my favorite episodes. I know, it's so good. Mm-hmm. We have so much to talk about, so buckle up, guys. This is our podcast where we discuss sex in the city, episode by episode. We explore how the story shaped our understanding of being a modern babe and what sexuality can be. And other naughty bits. I'm Zimmy, your cultural sex guide. I'm Britt, your super sex positive pop culture geek. And this is Funky Funky Spunk. Let's do it to it, honey. start to summarize this? No, I can't wait to hear you summarize this. I love this episode. So good. Um, This is where, so we start off with Carrie is describing that she's been bumping into Mr. Big all over town. Is this true where they say like New York is such a big small city or they call Denver a big small city? Is that what we're seeing here? Because statistically it seems unlikely. It seems unlikely, but they're, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're, they're like running into each, you know. It's cute. She describes cute. it as a fairy. She starts the episode describing it as a fairy tale. So it's probably once not upon true. a time. So they kind of take this as a sign and they plan a drink thing. Drink thing. He is in his 40s. He should be able to identify what he wants. Mm-hmm. So they decide to meet for this drink thing at Samantha's PR opening of this new restaurant, club, bar, hotness. Hotness. The new hotness. Mm-hmm. And. Carrie is waiting for Big. He doesn't show up. Naturally. Hmm. So they, she meets, that's where she meets Sam. Oh, the really cute 20-something with a tongue piercing. Yes. Uh, Sam is actually Timothy Oliphant. He's in like a ton of stuff. I recognize him. But yeah. this is not where I'm going to shine. I don't know what else he's, he's in. He's in like The Girl Next Door. Justified. Oh, I like that. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. So we meet Sam and his tongue ring. His tongue ring. That is such a thing from the 90s, 2000s era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she meets Sam and she, so Samantha's also dating the super hot 20 something. The hottest chef in town. Exactly. John, John with no H. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Sam, Samantha and Carrie are kind of delving into this 20 something. Oh, and so is Miranda because she's still dating Skippy. Why? Skippy at this bar is so funny. When he comes back from the bar, totally lost with rum and coke, and he's like, they stopped making martinis. They didn't stop <laughs> making martinis. They just didn't. They look, They took one look at you, and they're like, mm, he's not tipping me anything. Yeah, he needs a rum and coke, <laughs> which nobody ever needs. But Sam brings back the martinis. Naturally. Carrie mentions that the 20-somethings know all the important B people. They do, and they then look down on Skippy. And reiterate my disinterest in that character. Yeah. Can we talk about one thing? Carrie calls her answering machine from a landline to see if there were any messages from Mr. Big. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the technology has gotten a little more advanced than that. I wonder when we first start to see cell phones come into this series. I can't wait to find out. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, so this this introduces our plot A. This is Carrie's article for the week. Are 20-something guys the new designer drug? And she is making out with a 20-something, trying to figure out if this is 
she keeps referring to it, which I think is great, as this drug where she just needs. She just it's needs like a, a high. Yeah. The recreational users moving into full fledged addictions, maybe. Which, being in my thirties right now, they're not. No. <laughs> no, I'm jumping ahead here, but the apartment. You, yeah, you are jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Have you ahead. ever, uh, in your thirties, have you dated somebody younger? No. Do you know somebody who has dated somebody younger? No, not that I can think of. I, I don't. And it works out great for them. Oh. It doesn't. I'm shocked. Oh. <laughs> it was terrible. like, damn, I am shocked. It ends up terrible every single time. They yeah. always run out of things to talk about. I don't even I don't even believe them when they say they're having great sex because there's plenty <laughs> and they figure out where to put it where I feel like that's a win for them. Yeah, I mean, that's sex. We don't know if that's great sex. I'm going to get a lot of angry comments about that. I know. Somebody's going to know and they're going to be like, you bitch. <laughs> we also meet the guys in their 20s. They're still kind of, at this point in the series, they're still introducing Carrie's, what I assume are her interviewees. Right. And we meet the 20-something guys like stereotypically yeah the interview montage the interview montage we meet the groovy guy spoiler he wasn't groovy he wasn't he wasn't very groovy he had a backwards hat i guess oh so 90s this is probably yeah they were probably pretty big in 1998 yeah the corporate guy corporate guy was like 27 and like a stock analysis and i was like this is a different time at the age of 27 i barely had a job that paid my rent yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I knew people who came right out of college and they like jumped right on that uh, that corporate train. I tried. Follows. The train never stopped for me. Yeah. And I bruised myself along the way trying to hop on. <laughs> <laughs> we also meet the underage guy mm-hmm. who wants to be in his 20s, but he's still 17. Slow your roll. It's not worth it. Yeah. The groovy guy, his answer to, what do you see in women in their 30s? And he mentions that. They're just so grateful. It's like throwing food to a starving person. You're fucking gross. Yeah, it's so gross. It just brings me so much cringe. Cringe factor 10,000. Who do you think are the 20-something guy groups now? How would you describe guys in their 20s into stereotypical categories? Which we're going to... This is dangerous. We're going to get in trouble for this. (laughs) Let's do it. This is dangerous. Um, The Coachella Bros, I think, is a big one. Ooh, festival. Yeah, festival bros Mm -hmm. that are like, oh my god, my passion is music. Mm -hmm. And really it's just doing drugs while wearing a lot of neon colors and trying to bang the girls in crop tops. Burning Man, they just have goggles and like onesies in their closet. Yep, I have so much judgment on this right Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we have your classically ambitious slash corporate. I don't think that goes away. Yeah, I think we still have the corporate guy. Yeah, he just wears a hoodie now and works in tech. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect description. <laughs> Developer who got their degree at like a um, postgraduate type program mm-hmm. and now understands Java and just really wants to tell you about how he's learning Python and what other data he can get him, get his hands on. And he listens to that one block, the 5.6.7, the 5.3.8. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about, uh, but I think fine. that's clumped into the corporate guy. <laughs> that all sounds that all sounds like something that I don't understand. So Sounds like I've been in tech too long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we still have the underage guy, and then I think we have the bro, and that's the, the jock guy. 
Mm. The jock guy still exists. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I would lump bros in there. Yeah. The guy that got real upset that during COVID sports ended and had no other personality trait to rely on while there was no live mm-hmm. action sports. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw one in the wild mm. on the way here. He was wearing a cutoff tank top that said boobs, doobs, and I don't even know. Probably lube. Probably lube. <laughs> Gross. Gross. What's up, bro? I'm so glad about dating right now. <laughs> Word. Uh, anyway, so but Carrie and Samantha are like deep in their their addiction. Yeah, they're not mad about it at all. We also have another. So this other plot point plot is my B. favorite in maybe all of the show. Plot B. It's so good. It's, it's such so an, like, good. If you were a fan previously, you have this scene burned into your memory. Absolutely. Plot B. And it is the taxi scene. We're just going to reiterate the whole scene. Charlotte calls. Carrie is frantically running late for her dr- second drink thing with Big. Not even the first one. Carrie says, hurry up. You have four What's minutes. Punchline? Yeah. And then she goes, and she's like, okay, I'll be at your apartment in 10. Just drops everything drops she's doing. Drops everything. So we know this is important. We know this is important. And then suddenly... An expensive cab ride across New York City. They're piling all the girls in to discuss whether Charlotte was ready for anal sex. Up the butt. Up the butt. Is she going to be the up the butt girl? If you are going to work right now, it might be too early for this episode. (laughs) Might be too early for all of the up the butt talk that is to come. (laughs) This scene is shot so beautifully. It's so good. It's done so well. It's got beautiful New York City in the background. Mm -hmm. There's like beautiful lighting. They all have so great good. points. And it shows all of their personalities so well. Because Miranda's so analytical and she's like, well, do you want to do this? How do you feel about this? Like digging into the true details. Whereas Samantha's like, a hole's a hole. I think I think Miranda has the best. She brings the best. Her yep. and her lawyer self brings yep. the best argument. So we're kind of following Charlotte on her journey of whether she wants to be Mrs. Up the Butt. Yep. Because that's also the whole thing is she's like dating the guy who's got the looks, he's got the money, he's got the job and they've been dating for a while and they're thinking it's getting serious and we think as the audience that she's going to say that maybe he wants to propose already or something but it's like no, we've been dating a while and I think it's time for us to have anal sex after dinner tonight. And I think maybe one of my favorite characters in this whole episode might be the taxi driver. I know. I know. So subtle. Oh, so good. He so even giggles good. with them towards the end. The slam on the brakes, and everybody's like, what was that? And Miranda's like, a preview. Yeah. I died. Died. Dead. They they all respond with a preview. It's they are so good. so in sync with this. Every All three of them were like, we've been here. We need to talk her through this. This yep. is one of those, like, our friends, this is a pivotal moment for a friend of ours. We're all coming together. Drop what you're doing. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. We all need friends like that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. So Carrie, after this this epic taxi ride around New York City, Carrie goes and meets Mr. Big. What she thinks is finally they're going to be alone mm-hmm. in the same place together. Yep. Intentionally. And they're not. Nope. Mr. Big brought his super shitty friend. Such a shitty dude. And I think, my opinion, I think Carrie handled this really well. Yeah, she did it. She looked so cool in this moment. Mm-hmm. She takes a sip of the whiskey. She's calm. She's calculated. She looks like a babe. She pays for the next round. Have a have a guy's night. Cry. Shoot you. Bear. Yep. And then when she's walking away, because he asks if she's sure, she brings back our favorite line. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like a boss. So good. It was a good scene. It's actually one of the better scenes of the Carrie Big interactions in this first season. Mm-hmm. And then she goes meets up with Sam and she bangs him. Winds up in a 20-something apartment where he uses the last of the toilet paper for a coffee filter. And everything is disgusting. I'm I'm going to be honest. I've, I've probably lived in an apartment like that at some point in my 20s. I have never lived in that apartment, but I have definitely woken up in that apartment. Oh, Britt, you can't tell me that you did not have an open box of, like, half-eaten pizza in the corner at some point. Okay, the half-eaten pizza, maybe, but Mm -hmm. I am a firm believer that toilet paper should be stocked at all times. Okay. (laughs) You had a prime 20s apartment. Not all of us had that option. Well, we had that option. We we ignored it. Right, right. So she has decided to... She's going to cut the 20-somethings. That was fun while it was. Cold turkey. Yeah. Same with Sam. They both uh Because Sam's so annoying in the morning. At night, he's so cool and suave. And in the morning, he's like, giant monster hands. Like my dad and my ex-girlfriend were dead or something. Oh, man. Just so dumb. Yeah. Gross. So dumb. So Carrie has decided that she has outgrown the boys of her past, but hasn't quite yet grown into the men of her future. Because clearly neither of them are working out at this point. No. But the very last scene of this episode, I think, is really great, too. Where they, she runs into Big again. Again. Like a boss, she just, like, leans over the table, answers one of the crossword puzzles. Yeah, the New York Times crossword puzzle that they tried to make symbolic through this whole episode. Yeah, she's looking great and effortless, even though she just, like, stayed out all night banging some 20-something in her... That's something I don't relate to, is waking up looking like that at the 20-something apartment. Yeah, like hummingbirds got you ready in the morning. Yeah. That doesn't happen with me. (laughs) And he chases after her and asks if they can go to dinner. And she's like, call me, and walks away. At the end of the episode, she thinks that it would would have been super cool for her not to look back. I disagree. I think it's good. I think it's like a flirtatious... Yeah, I agree. But if I were in her position, I also would have wished I had not looked back. Yeah. I, spoiler, I think this is the most confident we see Carrie until forever Mm -hmm. with Mr. Big. Yeah. And then it all goes downhill. It all goes downhill from here. Yeah. It's just a trash can of codependency. I think that leads us into our next segment really well. Getting dirty. Getting dirty. For those of you who are not familiar uh, with this segment, each of us will get one minute to to debate our side. After both of us have debated, we each get to ask the other a question, and then you, our listeners, will get to decide who won the debate. You can uh, go onto our Instagram and vote. So, this week, I am, we are debating Mr. Big, and I am pro Mr. Big. Yeah, we are debating Mr. Big basically off first impressions, because we really... We've met him as briefly as Carrie has met him. Yeah, we have to clarify that we are debating Mr. Big as we know him so far. Here we go. One minute on the clock. Ready, go. Okay. There is literally only one good moment that we see Big in these first things. So I am debating anti-Big, but I do want to start and say that the moment in the car when he says absolutely is probably the height of where he'll ever go. From there, all we see is that he randomly shows up at the coffee shop, unexpected, kind of creepy, like somewhat romantic, but mostly creepy. He completely 
flails on the drink thing. Like you're a 40 year old man, dude, you should be able to ask somebody out for a drink. And if you have time constraints, sure, that's fine. But this whole like, meh, it's a thing. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, three, bringing your friend to a first date, your shitty friend, the friend that's going to go hit on another woman and doesn't recognize you're on a first date. Nope. Absolutely not. And the best scene is when Carrie's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm better than this. Okay, bye. As she should be. Big as a first impression. Not good. That was good. Yeah, because he's not good. (laughs) Zimmy has a challenge this week because I don't know how anybody could argue for big in these first few scenes. Well, I'm going to try. Okay. Three, two, go. I am pro Mr. Big at this point because he is... He comes across as very confident to me. He is in his 40s. And yes, he had some some things come up, but he has a job. He has other things going on. He can't go to the new hotness that all the 20-somethings are flocking to. You and I don't even go to the new hotness that 20-somethings are flocking to. He has a real job and real responsibilities. And things come up sometimes. Also, he showed up at the coffee shop, which I think he read that really well. If she didn't want him to know where she was writing her articles, she wouldn't have told him. And she really looked excited when he showed up. So I'm like pro, I'm pro big. Also, he, his friend called him crying, which means that he prioritized his work and his friends over some woman that he just met. I think that that says that he is a pretty confident person and that's someone that I would like to get to know. Time. That was really well timed. That was I feel pretty confident about that. That was the only good good thing about that whole thing. Oh, I I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think that you have to define what your hangout is when you first meet somebody? Are you really or can you describe it as a drink thing? I think a drink is already the thing. So no, it doesn't necessarily need to be explicitly stated. Although all of us who have ever been on a date would appreciate it if the other person were like, I would like this to be A or B. Take away some of that uncertainty, the intense amount of texts you send to your friends, the listen to this voicemail and tell me if this drink thing was a date or not. Mm. Uh, (laughs) It would Mm -hmm. remove a lot of that. And in this case, I think he's old enough you can you can be more mature about this. Okay. The twenty something was better about identifying what they were doing. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a question for me? I do. Shoot. Okay. I want to know so I can honor your opinion that um a person who recognizes his responsibilities and his friends, the kind of like dicks before chicks, uh that type of mentality thing. I can kind of see how you think that is a good Thing for big. I don't believe I said dicks before chicks, but yeah, I get your point. Go ahead. <laughs> but have you experienced this while dating somebody and felt fine about it? Have I experienced that a man put his friends before me? Yeah, like just the general idea of putting anything before you in those early stages when you're still just trying to figure out whether or not you even want to spend time with each other. Probably. You I, probably I don't remember them. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's I, it. That's my point. <laughs> all right. Great. I disagree. I disagree. But enough from us. You guys tell us what you think. You can go onto our poll <laughs> on Instagram 
at Funky Spunk Podcast, and you can vote and tell us what you think. Yes. And also, comment. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Super curious to know. I'm actually really curious to know how many people are pro-big in the early stages and whether or not that changes throughout. For sure. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be back. Funky Spunk Podcast is brought to you by Steno Denver, a rad boutique co-working space in the lovely City Park West neighborhood of Denver. If you are looking for a new place to work or you want to get those small businesses out of the basement, seriously, go check out Steno. It's a beautiful space. You're going to meet some amazing people. And our listeners will get two free weeks of co-working. Just head to their website at stenodenver.com and use the promo code FUNKYSPUNK. Hello. I missed you. We have our last uh, segment of the episode called Sexpert. I hope you're going to love it after my segment. Each week, one of us quizzes the other on a topic, and at the end of the season, we will tally up the points and tell you who won. Currently, Britt is winning. Fuck yeah, I am. For now. Morocco! Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed that one. Uh, yeah, but this week, Britt is uh, quizzing me. It's true. Uh, I have some kick-ass questions for you, and I'm going to ease you into this, okay? Okay. All right. You ready? Bring it on. Okay. This first one's a multiple choice, so I'm going to give you four answers, and you're going to pick one. Okay. And I can repeat them if we need to repeat them. Okay. How old is the oldest dildo? A, 80 years. B, 500 years. C, 23,000 years. Or D, 28,000 years. Yep. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this one coming. Nope. It's a <laughs> kick-ass set of trivia questions. We're easing you in. I'm going to go with 500 years. Okay. Ready to learn if you're right or wrong? I am. You're wrong. I Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest dildo is 28,000 years old. Oh, God. You know what I thought about that? I thought about going that old because that's right. that seems like just a human thing to think about but i mean okay good on them yeah yeah apparently we've all been looking at stick like subjects and been like mm -hmm. didn't have a hammer but <laughs> we had a dildo little bit of anthropology history for all of you out there i actually don't know if we had hammers yet if anybody want to clue me in i'm i would be interested i have no concept as to how old twenty eight thousand years ago is versus like the cavemen it's a little more than 500 <laughs> yeah you're still wrong. Okay. Okay. So Zimmy's wrong in the first one. Question number two is a true or false question. This round is a little easier than last week's, even though you've already gotten one wrong. Um, statistically, educated rich women are more likely to have anal sex. True or false? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. True? True. Okay. Statistically, rich Educated women are more likely to have anal sex. I don't actually know where this question comes from. I don't really know how scientific it is, but the answer is true. Ooh, so we have nothing to back that up, but I'll take it. Yep. Nope. That's a point for Zimmy. <laughs> okay. You ready for your third one? I'm ready. Okay. How many women, so what percentage, let's, let's phrase this in a way that Zimmy wants to hear it. What percentage of women have had anal sex? I want to say 50%, but I feel like that's a cop-out. I'm going to go, oh, man, 
<laughs> it's a hard question because this is like a taboo topic, which is why this episode might be one of my favorites because mm. it's like four episodes in, in the 90s and we're like, are you the up the butt girl or the marriage girl? I am going to go with 63%. 63% of women are the up the butt women is your answer. Yes. Okay, great. The correct answer is 40% of women are up the butt women. Yeah, I feel, okay. Yeah. When you said 50, I was like, that's a cop out, but closer. At least I'm like 3%. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No shame in the butt game. (laughs) (laughs) So I got one right. You got one right out of this week's easy kick-ass trivia that I tried to ease you into. Okay. Like my jokes. My jokes are great. But that is what we have for you today. Uh, if you haven't seen the episode, seriously go check it out because mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. So good. And uh, we will see you next week for uh, another episode of Funky Spunk. Funky Spunk is brought to you by A Vague Idea podcast channel and recorded at Steno Denver. You can listen to Funky Spunk at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Questions for the show? Follow us on Instagram at Funky Spunk Podcast or email us at funkyspunkpodcast at gmail.com. I am Mrs. Zimmy. And I am Britt. See you next week, guys. Bye.